0: Yo, what's Poppin' people, it's your boy Cassie, here once again, for the Say Less Podcast, a special episode today, because I got a lot of things to get off my chest, a lot of things to talk about, and a small little announcement. So there will be no guests today, it'll just be you and me, whether it's your headphones, your car, your speaker, your Sonos, your your, your Alexa, whatever it is, it's just me and you talking, because you're the person that I got to speak to the most, you're one of the earlier supporters, You're one of the early people on the bandwagon. And things are about to turn up. obviously, we're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about Last Dance. But I got to talk to you directly before we get into any of that. So, Milio, if you please, do as you do and hit the motherfucking music. So, I'm feeling good today, man. Obviously, last night, the series finale of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan and the 1998 Chicago Bulls. I know I'm not the only one that left that thing feeling more inspired than ever, but I'm going to tell you this. The reason why this episode is very important to me is because I've been thinking about how I wanted to announce this for a while, but I just felt like, uh, you know, there's there's a whole lot of things going on, and I, I really wanted to put my effort and energy into creating This new sports platform, this new cultural lifestyle platform called Say Less, and uh, I'll always be grateful for the people who have rode out with me from the end of Flagrant 2 to the beginning of this, at the very, very beginning stages of this, so I'll just come out and say it. Uh, I'm taking a week off from recording this show because I have just inked a deal with the good people at Whistle Sports and Vertical Networks, millions and millions of subscribers, millions and millions of followers, a huge and growing sports platform digitally, and uh, they believe in Say Less Wicaz, as much as I believe in it, and we're ready to take the show to the next level, and I know I couldn't be able to take the show to the next level without the support of people that I know and don't know. So shout out to my guys, Noah Weissman, Jake Seltzer, some of the unsung heroes of this show, Emilio Sparks, who produces this show and, and, and flips them so quickly. Like it's, it's amazing. Jake Seltzer, man, my, my partner in crime, the uh, associate producer of this show helps keep me on deck and, 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 you know, where it comes to creating any sort of engagement online or Instagram or sharing the shows. He's always out there. He's always at the front lines my guy, Peach, Shout out, Peach man, um, who creates the logos, creates all the graphics. Obviously, we had a whole different um, plan for the creation of this show. You know, it was going to be an ensemble cast where we would just kind of like talk about daily sports musings. And I'm sure it'll still be that eventually, but the world's changed, obviously. The world has changed around us for the past couple of weeks, months now, and I've had to change with it. with that, uh, the good people at Whistle Sports uh, reached out to me about Say Less and the frequency of it and the conversations that we've had Um, just so much. They have so much belief in the show. And if you haven't watched Whistle Sports content or or seen the stuff on YouTube, um, they do some amazing work. And you know they work with a lot of people in the NFL, the NBA, Spice Adams, Famous Los, Filet. They do those great bad joke uh, videos. Um, In addition to Vertical, they also have uh, Brother Networks, which is a massive Snapchat. Uh, audience. So, I mean, everything about Say Less is about to get a, a, an immediate upgrade. I know, obviously, <laughs> shout out to the to the subscribers that listen to the show because I know damn well they're not watching it on YouTube. Because, obviously, who wants to sit around and watch people talk not live <laughs> on the YouTube page? I mean, obviously, these are things that I've learned uh, just kind of building this thing brick by brick and cutting my teeth and uh, creating a show all out of your, your office in your home in Jersey, away from New York, away from the media capital of the world, where this things a lot easier to do. And you can't necessarily be around people. So obviously I've been learning with everybody. So, I mean, gosh, if you've been watching them, YouTube, clips that basically just me sitting around and talking with people. I respect the hell out of you. But uh thank you. Um, you know, obviously those things are about to get jazzed up a little bit because uh Wilson Sports is amazing at what they do, especially when it comes to graphics, when it comes to uh, you know, just creating content and um, you know, I got a real, real experienced, incredible team behind me right now to help take the show to the next level. Um so I wanna thank you all. For helping me out. Now, obviously, I'm going to have to take a week off just to make sure my guest list is right for that first week. So we come out guns blazing. Um, in addition to that, I want people who haven't heard these episodes. I mean, I feel like the people who have really rocked with Say Less so far are, are the either flavor to diehards or, you know, just people who support anything I do. And I thank you so much for that. Um, Spotify has been a huge help, obviously Apple been, been juicing up the podcast as well, but I really feel like whistle sports and vertical network is going to take this to the next level. And, um, you know, that's why I taped, I I named the first episode brick by brick because I knew it wasn't going to take, um, I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. I knew how much, uh, flavor to, uh, how much effort that took. And that was the three people. And, you know, now, well, more than three people, obviously, you, you count everybody behind the scenes, the Alex's, the Edens, the Mark's of the world. But now we're at a time where I'm finally starting to see my vision start to come true with this podcast and what this show and what I could bring to it, especially just, you know, I've had dreams of. Being the lead sports voice for a network or for a a uh, a company for a long time, and um, starting to get there. So obviously, the good thing is, you know, nothing much is going to change. If you've been rocking with the show, you 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 know you're going to get a new episode every Monday through Friday, except for this week because you know I, I gotta I gotta get to work. I gotta get some people on the line and get these things going. And start bankrolling these shows and taping and creating. So it's, it's a little different, but I want you guys to realize Monday through Thursday, you'll have new episodes obviously on, on any podcast platform. And then Friday on the whistle sports platforms on vertical and Snapchat and all these, you know, I'm talking about tens of millions of people that subscribe to these platforms. Um, you get best of episodes. Well, what well, seemed like a best of episode, basically you'll get some of the best content throughout the week in video uh, format um, with the people I've interviewed. So, I mean, obviously this show doesn't get done without uh, some of the incredible guests that I've had on the show over the past couple of months. So I just want to make sure I shout out each and every one of them so far. So obviously shout out to Maxwell Pierce. Shout-out to Wale, shout-out to Marlon Craft, um, OG Chase B, the legendary Hall of Famer Booker T, Willie Colon of Barstool Sports, uh, Chris uh, KFC, Kevin Clancy, my guy from Barstool Sports, um, Baron Davis, Leo Rush, God bless that dude, man, Low Key, Andrew Hawkins, the king of viral quarantine content, I got to get him back on the show, obviously. Shanae Agumike, Alexis Robinson, Danielle Rebaix, Hit Boy, um, Melissa Ford, man, Corey Graves, Ricochet, Aaron Simon, Spencer Pazinger, Boss, Peter Rosenberg, Brian B. Don Miller, Isaiah Swarov Scott, Roz Woody, Van Lathan. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. For helping me build this show. Um, Oh man. Daniel LaPriere. My gosh. My guy. The TD Master. My my dude. Um, Also Josh Johnson. Daily Show. Legend. Um, It's been so fun. Ryan Satin. Chris Van Vliet. Of uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet as well. Well. Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet. (laughs) Uh, Jordan Schultz. Of The Boardroom. Adam Figman. Slam Mag. Uh, Man. Derek Augustine. The voice of Che on 2K and acclaimed actor as well. Um, We've had so many guests on the show and obviously that's only going to get bigger and better as the days go on. So before I got the show started today, I wanted all of you to know what was going on with Say Less and where we're going. So thank you. Thank you so much for everybody who's been fucking with it for the first couple of weeks. We're about to take it up. Last night was a series finale of The Last Dance. And uh, I-, I told people before this series even started that, man, this was going to be the roots of my generation. This is going to be, if y'all know roots, back in the day, obviously, the 10 part miniseries in ABC about, you know, black people and slavery and coming out from there and Kunta Kente and my name is Toby, all that type of shit, right? Uh, I felt like this was going to be that for me, man. I'm always going to remember this time. Um, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and talking about that this is the best sports documentary I've ever seen in my life. It's easy to do that. But at the same time, man, like what what, what would it compare to? What do you compare this to? Um, An iconic figure in sports. The icon of icons. Like twenty years later, we're still comparing this man to everything and everybody that we can possibly compare him to. It's almost unfair to try and live up to the sort of expectations that this guy has has, has left us with. Even as as children, you, you kind of knew you were watching something special, and. I really got a a brand new appreciation. Not like I needed any more appreciation. I knew Michael's the GOAT. I knew he's the greatest of all time. And obviously, I love the Michael and LeBron comparisons, the Michael and LeBron arguments, because as much as Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, was the closest thing we saw to Michael Jordan, LeBron James is something completely different, sort of like Michael Jordan. I feel like the way people saw Mike the first time he came in, because it was like, man, we know Magic's great. We know Larry's great. We know Isaiah could go. But what the hell is that? I feel like that's how they talked about Michael Jordan. The same way we talked about LeBron James the first we saw, first time we saw him. Because we saw Mike. We saw Kobe. We saw T-Mac. People don't put enough respect on T-Mac's name as far as perimeter guards and greatness. But we were like, what is that? McKay LeBron James. And even then, as great as that guy is, as as amazing and, and incredible things that he's done, and shout out to the Graduate Together uh, program he put on this past weekend. And um, everybody uninterrupted, that's that family right there. Shout out to them all day, always supporting the show um, and supporting me. It's still very easy to see why people go so hard for Michael Jordan so many years later. I learned a lot of things this past episode. Especially the last four episodes the the first six episodes I don't think I really learned that much except that Mike li- likes to curse a lot <laughs> but one thing I did really learn is Michael Jordan's a human being bro like it's it's it sounds so simple to say it sounds so cheesy and be like, oh my God he's a human but like obviously he's a he's a real person but it was the first time I really saw him and I was just like. Yo, at the end of the day, would he strip away everything? Because the most compelling parts of the past four episodes had nothing to do with games. So we got to see him as stripped down as possible uh, as as we've ever seen him. Got to see him on the media bus. Got to see him during press conferences. Got to see him grieve. Got to see him be imperfect. Got to see him bully people, curse people out. Got to see him be sad. Got to see him be vulnerable. Got to see him cry. Like, this is the first time I was like, yo, at the end of the day, Michael Jordan's just a dude, bro. Like, he's a dude. He's a dude. Like, he's a, he's a guy. Like, I felt like, you know, I don't really remember Michael Jordan's early days, but I could kind of piece it together as a child. I remember I remember it in snapshots. I remember it in photographs. I remember it in, in certain ways that maybe the average 30-something-year-old will remember it because I was a hoops nut and so was my mother. But at the same time, everything looked so cinematic and so epic and everything was turned into a commercial or a logo or a replay or a highlight that it almost looked fake. It almost looked like it wasn't real. It almost looked like, man, this dude is just, this basketball's fixed. The Jordan rules. This guy's in the finals every year. This guy always gets the last shot. We always see these last shots. These images are burned in my fucking brain. I've seen it so many times. It don't even look real. And the one thing that The Last Dance really accomplished with this episode, these last four episodes, is for the first time, it made Michael Jordan look like a real person. Not an icon, not a brand name, not any of these things, not not this idolistic, epic deity. like he wasn't the most, you know, politically sound person. And he didn't want to be. He wasn't the, he wasn't Muhammad Ali. And he wasn't trying to be. He was kind of an asshole. He wasn't trying to be. He was trying to win. He was somebody who only knew one way, and that was to push, and that was to not give up, and not to, you know, beat on a dead horse, but my God, like, this motherfucker would do anything, and I mean anything, to get a mental competitive edge over anybody, whether it's fucking with Scott Burrell all day, whether it's literally making up stories that we have chosen to accept as fact for for several years, before he just admitted, ah, I just made it up just to just to keep myself going. I had no idea he had beef for Byron Russell before those game winners. Right? You go back to the last episode, and this motherfucker kept a list like. Like Arya Stark, like, I hope I used that reference right because I don't fuck with Game of Thrones like that. But I feel like it sounded good. He kept a list of everything. You may not have written it down, or maybe he did. But just mentally, this dude was just an insane man when it came to competition and being the best. It drove him to tears 20 years later just thinking about it because he knows how he pushed people. He knows what he did wasn't right sometimes. It was almost like watching, God, if you ever watch, and I, I would never compare, you know, athletics to uh, sports. I mean, athletics to war, excuse me. But if you ever, if you ever met a guy who's been to war, If you ever met a guy who's been to Vietnam or been to World War II or or anything like that, or in Iraq right now, go talk to your man. Go talk to any of your people. Everybody knows somebody who's in the Army. Combat. Been there. Talk to them and really try and figure out, try and crack the cookie, if you can, about the things you had to do to survive and come home. That is almost how Michael Jordan sounded when he's just talking about basketball. Talking about like, oh, wow. Okay, like this dude is an insane person. He drove himself to madness. Even all these years later, you know, we know how the story ends. Six championships, team gets broken up. Phil leaves, MJ retires, Scottie gets traded, Dennis gets cut. Steve Kerr, I think, stuck around for a little bit. Jerry Krause is still there, and they started a rebuild, and they're still rebuilding to this day. You could tell that it still drives him crazy that he didn't get that seventh ring, and I love to see that. I love to see it. I didn't want to see no. I feel like towards the end of his run, you, you could sign, see him becoming more kindler, gentler, and and being a little bit more. Nah, man. To this day, he says I can't accept not going for seven, not signing one year deals. He signed. He said he signed a one year deals his whole career. I'm sure he ain't starving. I'm sure the NBA money ain't keeping him. You know, what I mean, the lack of NBA money ain't keeping him up at night. Obviously. But it's harder to ask Scottie Pippen to sign one more one-year deal. That wasn't happening. Phil Jackson's gone. Who's going to keep Dennis Robin in check? Not Tim Floyd or, or whoever came up after him from Iowa State. Sorry. Great coach. Good guy, I bet. But I, uh-uh. not happening. But now at the point where all these what-ifs. What if? You know? What if let's backtrack a little bit the first Jordan retirement, the death of his father playing baseball, all these things I've known about since I was a child and I've always had my own conspiracy theories. And maybe this documentary was a great example of extremely well bought and put together propaganda. Maybe. Because there was at least two things in there that I just knew for certain. Just like the average Joe, I just, just still didn't pass the smell test with me. One of those things was the flu game, right? Which now we know as the the food poisoning game, right? So let's get this straight: you got Tim Grover, all world trainer, the guy who, who was who transformed Mike's body into. Not just a, a, a basketball menace, but turn him into a baseball athlete as well, and then turn him right back into a basketball athlete. You, to, you mean to tell me he's going to order a pizza the day of the finals? He got five people coming to to, to, to deliver him a pizza in racist-ass Salt Lake City, Utah, and he eats it? And then literally several hours later, he's throwing up and sick all day. I, I don't know. I don't know, Chief. I've had food poisoning before. And I, granted, I do not have the, the mental or physical capabilities of a Michael Jordan. I don't think I ever will. But man, I still handle it to that theory that he was just hungover. <laughs> Salt Lake City is boring, bro. I could totally picture a a situation where he's hitting there with these boys. He's in there with probably Gus and and, and Tim Grover and maybe a modern shot or something. His boys ain't shit to do in Utah. He's a gambler. He's somebody who gets excited. He's like, you know, let's up the stakes a little bit. Let's play for for shots or something. Or let's play and just keep drinking. And maybe he just drank himself a little bit too much. I feel like there was a crown royal bag missing in that story. And I was hoping he kind of told the truth. But the hangover, the hangover game 12s don't have the same ring to it. The food poison 12s don't have the same ring to it. I get it. So do what you got to do. Concoct the story. And, you know, I mean, you know. We haven't heard from these f- alleged five people who brought this pizza to him. We had cameras following this man literally every second of every day throughout the entire last season. No footage of that goes back to my theory. Where we had I had Danny Laparier on the episode. We had footage of this dude doing everything every day for that last season. No footage of the Steve Kerr fight. Okay. Listen, I'm I'm bored as shit in the hole, man. Like we over here in a quarantine, we had to push this documentary up just so we can get some sort of entertainment. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to complain about who or what was left out or what was true or what was not true or how how historically accurate some stories were. I'm just trying to be entertained. And you know what? I was fucking entertained. I was fucking entertained. In addition to the fact that, like I said in the beginning, I loved seeing the human side of Michael Jordan. I liked to see that he was struggling with the death of his father. I I lost my father at the same age that Michael Jordan lost his father. So I can totally and 100% empathize with somebody who loses a parent at that age and trying to struggle with, you know, still trying to keep it together. You know what I mean? It's not an easy thing to do. If you want to go and play baseball, I get that. There's a special relationship with with, with, with fathers, especially black fathers, especially present black fathers, as close as they were. And you could tell he, he said, you know he, you know, he was like a friend, you know. He was his protector. And when the world was at his oyster and it almost seemed insurmountable at times as far as, like, being able to be around certain things as long as you possibly can. There is a, I felt that the most throughout the documentary. I feel like Michael Jordan is somebody who really doesn't get enough credit. And granted, he gets all the credit in the world for so many other things. Doesn't get enough credit for, I'm, I'm looking at the mental health aspect of, of a Michael Jordan, what it takes to be that strong willed to be that. You know, to, to have that much self, I don't know the word, I guess, just being able to compartmentalize. There we go. Just compartmentalize certain things and to be able to turn around and be able to turn it on when he absolutely needed it the most. That is something that I'm never going to forget from this documentary. You almost forget all the bullshit surrounding that team. You got Scottie Pippen, which, golly, if you didn't want Scottie Pippen in his prime, I'm sorry, guys. This documentary did him no favors. (laughs) This documentary did him no favors. They really made Scottie Pippen look like the chump of chumps. Kids. If you didn't watch Scottie Pippen in his prime, I'm I'm here to assure you that he was absolutely that fucking deal. No questions asked. He was that deal. Don't let this video, don't let this documentary fool you. I'm talking about, you you like Paul George, you like Kawhi Leonard, that was Scottie Pippen. Lockdown, two-way, can hit it from deep. His drive to the hole, strong as an ox, dunk on you, point forward, run the team. That was Scottie Pippen, probably the better facilitator of the two. It became him and Jordan. But that documentary did him no favors. I mean, damn, we we. There was a lot of times Michael Jordan didn't rise up to the to the to the to the moment. There's a lot of missed shots that Michael Jordan missed. Didn't get a whole lot of talk about that. But every single time something happened with Scottie Pippen, we're spending 10 to 15 minutes on this shit. And we're going to zero in on it. And we're going to go to Scottie Pippen to get him to say something stupid to put next to this footage. I feel bad for Scottie. Scottie is absolutely not the chump that this documentary made him out to be. I'm sorry. If he don't see it, if people watching this didn't see it, I saw it. We had to make sure, and I'm, I'm talking as somebody who might be the director of this documentary, we got to make sure the odds for Michael Jordan are stacked so insurmountably high that everything looked like an insurmountable obstacle until Jordan came through. And Scotty was an absolute casualty of that. There's no six rings without Scotty, period. Period, point blank, period. I'm sure Michael Jordan, obviously, the best to ever do it, the best. I'm a LeBron fan, but Michael Jordan is the best to do it. Let me go on record as saying that. And I'm, i, I I'm, I'm more, you know, I'm more affectionate towards LeBron James because I feel like he's had to deal with things that Michael never had to deal with. Same as Kobe. Because it's a different era. And I feel like a sport like basketball has evolved so much, it's impossible to compare eras because there's no way, no way, you could sit here and think, oh, well, you know, everybody was was better back then. No, the skill is different. Everybody's different. LeBron James and Karl Malone probably got the same body. He's your point guard, bro. And he's still going 20 years later, fresh out of high school, social media age. Getting dissected every single day, every single week. The most famous person in sport, LeBron James. Granted, and wow, shout out to, I think it was Willow May. What a throwback name for that was. To get Willow May, the host of Inside Stuff on this last episode. To say something that, you know, I never really thought about. I didn't necessarily agree with it but I never really thought of it. It was either Will or, or Hannah Storm, one of them, but shout out to Inside Stuff. That was my shit growing up. They said you almost got to give Jordan more, you got to give him more credit for being able to build this brand and hold it up as hard and as high and as long as he had because there was no social media, because there was no, you know, way you could promote yourself because people that have access to you and your phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week to your life, real life Truman Show shit. There was times Michael Jordan could turn it off. It's a little bit harder for LeBron James to turn it off. It was a little bit harder for Kobe Bryant to turn it off. Scandal's a lot easier to touch when you're Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. Not Michael Jordan, though. And they said, you know what, this is this probably helps his Hall of Fame case more than it hurts it, or helps his GOAT case more than it hurts it. And I don't know if I disagree, because I believe social media has always been a double-edged sword. I've always believed there is more harm in social media than there is good, especially when you're a person of interest. If you ain't got something to sell, if you ain't got something to promote, there's really no need for you to be on Twitter. Ain't no for you to be on Instagram. You ain't got to be on Snapchat, you ain't got to do none of that shit if you ain't got nothing to sell. And make no mistake, LeBron always got something to sell. But he lets you in too, even if it's part of the brand. Him being an amazing father and husband, being a great soccer slash basketball dad, AU circuit. Him just being able to joke around people, talk shit, ham it up, I wish we had that access to Michael Jordan that we do have to LeBron James. It's not that hard to get LeBron James' attention. You got a couple thousand followers. You some guy in Nowheresville, Alabama. You could get LeBron's attention. We've been waiting. The reason why this documentary has been so heralded and we've been waiting for it for so long is because we've been waiting 20 years to get Michael Jordan to open up to us. To be that open book. That most of our athletes become at the end of their careers. You know how dope it was to hear Kobe finally just let the guard down after the last two years, man. And we liked him more for it. And you can hear it in Jordan's voice a lot of time. He said, man, I don't know if people going to like me after this. I think I like him more. Matter of fact, I'm positive I like him more now. We're not that hard of people to, to, to think about, man. When it comes to our athletes and the people we look up to and the people we enjoy watching, we enjoy flaw. We're all flawed. We enjoy the human aspect of people. We enjoy knowing that there is something out there that makes these all-world icons a little bit more relatable. And there's nothing more relatable than seeing Michael Jordan calling his teammates a hoe. There's nothing more relatable than Michael Jordan beating the the Indiana Pacers and his former rival Larry Bird and telling him he's a bitch. (laughs) There's nothing more relatable than being petty. We all petty. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're all some sort of petty. And the pettiness in Michael Jordan, man, that was something that I just, chef's kiss. It's the pettiness in all of us that keep us going, that keep us motivated. You got to be a little bit petty. You can't let everything slide. Michael Jordan let nothing slide. He let nothing slide. That motherfucker remembers. He used to call himself Leroy Smith. As his alias when he checked into hotels. Why is that? Leroy Smith was the last guy that beat him out for varsity as a sophomore at Laney High School. That level of petty could only drive you to greatness. And just like winning has a price, greatness has a price. I've seen that with everybody. It's the one thing I've, I've learned about fame. In the years, I've done podcasts, done interviews. I've been around a lot of high-profile people. And the one thing I've learned about fame and greatness is that it comes at a price. You think these people, a lot of people probably get into this business thinking, man, everyone's going to love me. And the one thing I've learned is that you got to realize that nobody loves you. They love what you do for them. They love What you bring to the table. They love. Every single thing. That comes. With being the celebrity. The money. The fame. The fortune. The bright lights. All that type of shit. But they don't really love you. They love what you can do for them. And if that is a price. That you're willing to pay. To be great. Knowing. That you're going to be used. Knowing. Knowing. That you're going to be just an object to people knowing that there's going to be a lot of fake love as far as the eye could fucking see. You got to go in there knowing that I don't read YouTube comments. I try not to read as many Instagram comments, but it gets to you. I remember when I left *Flagrant* too. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of support. There's a whole bunch of that, but there's a whole lot of well, you know, the fuck are you doing? You're gonna you're gonna end up fucking yourself. You're leaving this extremely popular show. You ain't that entertaining. You ain't even funny. What you gonna try and do? Go and be Stephen A. Smith and go out there and try and be on 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 first take. On First Things First, on Undisputed, you think that's what you're going to do? Come on, son. But the greats are a little petty. And that pettiness, that inner drive, that notion to be like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do this, and I want to see you try and stop me. That's what Michael Jordan is. That's what made him a human being. I always kind of thought he had this noble cause. No, man, he didn't have none of these noble causes. I was just a victim of the consumerism mentality of America that made Michael Jordan what he is today. It's almost like Superman. It's like you don't want to see Superman kill people. Superman don't kill. He's about truth, justice, and the American way. You don't want to see Michael Jordan be an asshole. You don't want to see him be a petty motherfucker. He's his airness. He's all about greatness. He's all about doing things the right way and stepping up when all the chips are down and saying the right things and smiling at the camera and be like Mike. And sometimes I dream, the dum dum dum, that he is me. All that shit. It's hard to see the scabs and the scars, bro. It's almost prophetic that Michael Jordan had some immaculate skin. I got to get the skin routine, by the way, because this motherfucker's skin was glistening. But it's so easy. It's so easy to look over the scabs and scars of our beloved idols. And granted, MJ probably had a whole lot of final say on this documentary. I'm sure there's a whole lot of stories that we didn't get to talk about. I'm sure there's a whole lot of shit that didn't even get touched. MJ probably saw that I was like, nah, cut that. Nah, we don't want that. Be wary of the teammates that were in the episode for at least one or two scenes. I don't know how documentaries go. These are hour-long tapings. You mean to tell me you got Ron Harper for one scene where he just says, man, fuck that, I'm going to go Michael Jordan and that's it? Mm -hmm. You're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing the whole picture at all. There's obviously some shit in there that got left in the cutting room floor. I'm sure there's a lot of people that didn't believe, you know, the Jordan dad gambling shit. And I'm glad that they touched on that because that's that's got to be a tough thing to deal with. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those conspiracy theorists that always thought, oh, man, MJ had to have known. Him. No, man, like that's. It's kind of unfair to put that on somebody, especially during that time. And it's hard to 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 go through losing a father and mentally, you know. Maybe he did have a therapist, maybe he did have somebody that he talked to, a shrink, but man, the way he he dealt with a lot of shit was was kind of admirable to me. Because sometimes you don't you don't you don't want to be looked at as weak. No matter how hard people may 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 try and crucify you for not being, oh man, you should be able to open up and da-da-da-da. that's not a sign of weakness, a sign of strength. But some people aren't afforded that opportunity. Who the hell is going to talk to Michael Jordan about what it's like being Michael Jordan? So the compartmentalization that he took. To hear those awful rumors about his father and his gambling and what that had to do with him and being a secret suspension and all that bullshit, I'm glad that was addressed. But like I said, a wart, a scar, a scab, those are easy things to get over. It's rough. It's rough to to, to deal with. But I'm going to tell you this. Fantastic job by ESPN. Fantastic job by the directors. Fantastic job by the the soundtrack, the the music supervisor. My God. I'll never forget the last dance as long as I live. I'm going to tell my kids about this. I'm going to tell... Everybody, it's, it's, it's gonna be a hard act to follow. Like, my God, I watched that PG County documentary on Showtime. Shout out to uh, everybody at 35 Ventures, Rich Climbing, Katie. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, it's a documentary on Showtime about, uh, it, w- something's in the water, I think it's called. And it's about all the hoop stars that's come through PG County. And that's, uh, the likes of Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets, Victor Oladipo, Quinn Cook. Nolan Smith, Duke standout, Jeff Green, Markel Fultz, um, gosh, just countless people. But man, I was watching that documentary, I was like, damn, I feel like they could have went on a little longer. <laughs> and it was like a 45 minute doc, it was cool, it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel the need to watch it over again, but you know, it, was, it kind of felt empathy. And I don't know if I'm – it's unfair to start comparing sports documentaries to The Last Dance now because, my God, I feel like no stern was left unturned on that joint. I mean, obviously, if I'm if I'm being picky, I would love to hear Allen Iverson on, on The Last Dance. But, man, just watching the PG County doc, I'm just like, bro, like, eh, that's a hard act to follow. It's a hard act to follow, especially right now while we're basketball starved. It was rough. I mean, it was a cool watch. If you got Showtime, if you got the Showtime app, go check it out. Go watch. <laughs> but it just made me want to go appreciate The Last Dance even more. It's been an incredible five weeks on ESPN. Incredible look at one of the idols of my life. Finally, really getting the flowers he deserve. Especially now, when you know, I never thought I'd live to see the day where people really thought somebody was better than Michael Jordan, and I never thought I'd live to see the day to me, for me being one of those people at times where I'm like, man, Michael was great, but he ain't do this. That's obviously the only way you could kind of like get through these things, man. It's the only way you could make any sort of comparison. You got to knock down new walls. And that's what LeBron James does. So for a culture and for a generation of people that grow up and, you know, don't really get the opportunity to see Mike in his prime or Mike in his greatness or, you know, older Mike, you're going to have to grow up with LeBron or Kobe. or I guess, I mean, to a lesser extent, Steph Curry as one of your GOATs. But please make no mistake about it. There's no them without Michael Jordan. That goes without saying. There is no them without MJ. It's a fantastic piece. Fantastic 10 episodes. And I just know the bar as it's always been with Jordan and the things around him. Has been absolutely raised. It would have been raised. It has been raised for anybody that follows. What an incredible, incredible documentary. Shout out to the directors. Shout out to the music supervisors. Shout out to everybody who helped put that thing together. I mean, one of my dreams. Have always been. I mean, obviously, since you know, doing podcasts, being a journalist, writing, doing television. I've done a lot of things, but one of my one of my my bucket lists, one of my uh, dreams in life, is to create something as culturally impactful, or be a part of something as culturally impactful as something like The Last Dance. So I've, I've been writing. I've been writing. Scripts and taking on documentaries and taking on certain looks on certain things. I mean, obviously, you know, whether it's pro wrestling or basketball or fighting or NFL. Whether it's scripted, whether it's a real life doc, whether it's hip hop, whether it's the, the blog era, whether it's the rap era. I've, I've been really choosing my projects a lot more wiser because of this. Doc, you know, this pandemic that's been going on in the world, and it's really made me look at the things that I want to leave on Earth uh, a little bit more uh, carefully. That's been my goal since the end of this is to come out of this as a different person, um, come out of this as a more focused individual and to come out of this being able to create something that leaves a lasting impact on Earth, I thank y'all for fucking with this podcast in these early days. I almost feel like, I almost feel like this podcast is 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 the this is the season finale of say less, sort of. So now it's really time to turn up. Say less, man, has been an absolute honor and privilege to bring to you guys to the couple thousand of you guys who who, who, who subscribe to this show and listen to the show and tell your friends about this show, man I thank you we are just getting started Emilio, Jake Noah, everybody at Vertical and Whistle Sports we got some fire shit cooking in the next couple of weeks so uh, if you've been rocking with the show for now appreciate you but we got more coming with that being said Wash your hands, wash your ass, and please don't forget to say the last. Name.